1: Yesterday you gave us what Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman were going to look like in year two of his regime. I want you to think about it and tell me what's going to look different in year two of Al Golden's regime as the defensive coordinator.
2: I think in year two, you'll see a lot of cleanup work, more detailed on things like coverage. I think you'll see more detailed work uh, with the confidence in them going more man but also just cleaning up the work, especially from the veteran players on tackling in space. I think our tackling should be the thing we should notice. It should be a thing that I know uh, Al Golden has taken down as a note on things to work on, but tackling in open space should be the obvious uh, uh, thing that we have improved on because one, we have more athleticism and a a youth energy that if we're in the wrong place, we're going to still blow something up because we got a lot of uh, athletes and and, and explosive power. And I think he's going to trust a lot more of the blitzes to hit home when he's seeing guys that are young like Jalen Snead getting, getting his head in there and mixing up some plays. So you're going to see communication. You're going to see tackling and open space increase. And you're going to see a, maybe a, a mix of different coverages. Now you have a secondary that can do a lot more. You can see a secondary that can play maybe a combo coverage where they play a zone on one side, man on one side. You have the confidence that you can single up guys and maybe try to take guys out of the game. I think Ben Morrison could be, a Threat to have his own island and maybe cam developed to have his own island and then once you can go One-on-one there's a lot more uh, you can do with the defense. That's what uh, Alabama has been really good at uh, Making sure they can single up this uh, other team's best receiver and then play and shrink the field with the other guys So uh, that's a key to having a dominant defense and I think um we have a key for that. So Algo knows the landscape of college football and what it looks like defensively, and that's an aggressive style, and I think our defense is going to pick up on it. And these young guys with the depth, it's going to make it hard to make us a, a team that's going to have a lot of weak weak points because we have so much depth.
1: Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Tap In, CFE Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Great content. Leave your comments. Leave us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. It's because of ULL Nation, we continue to grow. We are the fastest growing Notre Dame podcast. This is the Lucky Lucky podcast.
3: We spin it different.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
3: Let's go to Al Golden, the
1: defensive coordinator that met with the media earlier today, today left. And he talked about his expectations for the defensive line.
3: Um, obviously, uh, Riley,
5: Nana, uh, Howard. You know, gave uh, some real veterans in there. Patello came on at the end of the year. He's carrying it forward. Junior uh, obviously played for us late in the year, which is awesome too. So uh, that piece has been a really great addition, welcome addition. Uh, love his attitude. And uh, then we need some, you know, that next generation of guys to really step up. You know, Anya and and Ford and, and Heinish and those guys. So uh, really, really excited about the way they're working on the field and off the field. Meeting with Coach Extra and doing whatever they need to do.
1: Left, you know, the sentiments there. It seems that Al Golden has confidence in that defensive line. You point out that you have four guys coming back on that defensive line that took major snaps last year. He mentioned Howard Cross. He mentioned Riley Mills. He mentioned Nana. And then he talked about Jordan Patello. You throw in Javante Jean-Baptiste. And then you expect the rookies or the youngsters, Tyson Ford, and Jason Onge to step up. Donovan Heinish, that's seven, eight guys in a rotation. And you don't forget, there will be a time after the spring where you might be able to bring in some new transfers because that transfer portal is going to be hot again. It's going to be hot after the spring. After -hmm. after the spring practices. And I believe that's when they got Chris Smith as a defensive tackle who had a fantastic pro day. He's going to end up on a roster in the NFL. You know, I thought he was going to go straight to his career. The athletic numbers that he put up, at 310 pounds and the way he played and the film he put on second half of the season, he's definitely going to make an NFL team. But I definitely see 78 deep defensive line with the freshman coming in that can be added into that. Jalen Snead can be part of that on third downs. Notre Dame has the numbers. They have the experience in the first four or five guys. Now the emergence of the youngsters will probably let us know how good that defensive line can ultimately, ultimately be.
2: Absolutely. That's the thing that's going to be our key from the defensive line perspective is that we have depth and experience with the depth. Our ones and twos and twos and a half have all have some type of experience and they're all good players to the sense where that group collectively will have a better, a better impact than what a singular great player as Isaiah Fowski did. We may not have the the Isaiah Fowski X factor, but the D line has an X factor from depth from uh, energy, from uh, players being, you know, above average D linemen. We, we, we may not have a Will Anderson, but we got a bunch of Aiden Hudgensons around, you know, the guys that can have a bunch of potential. So it's exciting for Al Washington where he can coach the group and not feel like he's got a Michael Strahan on his hands or he feels like he has the Giants D line in 2007 when they played Brady where all of them were really solid, you know, all of them were all pros. Clemson had an All-American D line. Clemson had an all-American D-line. All of them were uh, maybe well first-round potential. Do I think we have first-round potential in our D-line? Possibly, possibly somebody could pop this year. They have the size. A Jordan Patello can get ten sacks. That's pretty special. So it's gonna it's gonna take some it's gonna take uh, a, a unique effort. But I think the effort from the group and what Marcus Freeman is bringing as a philosophy is gonna have our defensive line just fine.
1: Yeah. I'm going to talk about this. I see everyone chatting about the heavyweight matchup on Friday night between Iowa and South Carolina and the final four down in Dallas. Uh, I'll just say this. Iowa's not scoring 95 points. I don't know what college basketball y'all been watching. I've been watching Iowa in the Big Ten. Indiana spanked Iowa twice until they got to the Big Ten tournament. Iowa struggled against Ohio State as well. Like, hold on. South Carolina is a whole nother level than Indiana and Iowa State, Ohio State. And I'm not saying they're going to get blown out. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is everybody. No, I don't don't think they're going to get blown out. I think it's going to be a good game. All I'm telling people is if you have not watched South Carolina, they haven't played Iowa, right? LSU made the Final Four, right? LSU made the Final Four. LSU got decimated by South Carolina twice. It was never close in the end of Final Four. South Carolina has a whole nother level, dude. And people need to start giving it the same respect. See, this is what angers me. The same respect that people used to give Geno for what he was building in Connecticut. You better start giving Don Staley the same amount of respect. Because so they're not just, they're just not, they're not just winning games. They're blowing people out. They're blowing them out in the process. And they did it last year in the tournament. They went through the tournament. Doing the same thing this year. And I'm not, I believe I do, well, first of all, baby, baby Steph, Caitlin, she's gonna have to have the game of her life from a scoring standpoint.
2: She's gonna have to and put up like six, like something like un ungodly, like 68 points or something
1: stupid. Who to else eat, is gonna score? She's gonna have to have the game of her life. They have five legitimate players that can score at any time on the court. But guess what? They also have porous defense. Oh, yeah. Caitlin don't play no defense either. So, so explain to me how they control South Carolina on the boards with 6'4, 6'4, and 6'7 in the paint. See, that's the problem. See, I keep telling you dude, keep tell me problem, about bro. Caitlin Clark, all the guards and all that. What about 6'4, six, 6'4, four, six, four, and 6'7? Because everybody says, oh, this is how we're going to defend that or this is how we're going to stop that. Nobody's done it. When you bring 6'7 off the bench, that's a problem. Off the bench. Off the bench. That a, dude, Thirty. they get 30 points off the bench every game. Every game. Every game. game. They averaged thirty points off the bench in the tournament. So this is Iowa can't wait. <laughs> you Iowa can't, you can't, can't
2: look at numbers for this game. You can't. Iowa can't
1: get into foul trouble. Iowa can't get into foul trouble, right? Kate McClark can't have an off night. It's too many things. Iowa has to play the quintessential perfect game, and they can. They can. South Carolina just has to beat themselves. That's it.
2: Yeah, South Carolina doesn't have to do
1: anything special. They don't have to depend on one person to have a great game. If Z doesn't have it going, then you go inside. If the starters don't have it going, then you bring your three freshmen off the bench that put up 30 points a game off the bench. They have too many weapons, man. I I don't think people really respect what, what Don Staley has built. I just really don't. But you'll get a chance to see it it's going to be a cumulative effect. It's not going to be the fact that they're going to come out just smash Iowa. It's going to be cumulative, man. That size over four quarters, you're going to get to a point, And when Iowa starts missing shots, and so South, Carolina, get heavier, heavier, and South heavier. Carolina gets out on the break, that's when you, they're going to make their run. When South Carolina makes their run, can Iowa counterpunch? Yeah, South Carolina can play offense, too. Thank you. Thank
2: it's them. not like offense versus great defense. This is an offense versus a great defense versus a great offense again.
1: Iowa has one big, one, and if I'm not mistaken, she's 6'3". One big. They play four out, one post person, right, and she is known for getting in foul trouble. She's been in foul trouble. I think three of the games in the tournament. She can't afford to get in foul trouble in this game. If she gets in foul trouble. It's a problem. It's a problem. hard to avoid. It's a problem. <clears throat> it's going to be it's hard to avoid. I'll tell you this. If they beat Iowa, it's a wrap. Because I don't care. Because they, are, first of all, they beat LSU twice by like 20. So <laughs> if LSU gets to the championship, we might as well just let the confetti drop at the tip. <laughs> just let the confetti drop. Like, it's, it's over, man. The the, the Iowa game is going to be the tough matchup because it's going to, it's definitely going to be a chess match between coaches. Don is going to have to coach her tail off this game, right? Because Maryland, Maryland had the offensive game plan to really attack South Carolina because Maryland pushed the ball, right? Because they said, we can't let them set up their half court defense because if we do that, we're not scoring with their size. They lead in shot blocks. They lead in rebounding, and they defend their tails off on the wing. So we can't score against that. So Miller and man, their guards would get it. They would push. Miller would go one to one with the one on one with the bigs. Score early in the shot clock. They were able to get out early in the first quarter. That second quarter came, <laughs> they started slowing down a little bit. Yeah, that you gotta play quarter, perfect. Yeah, that third play. quarter came. That yeah. six point six point lead. Went to 15. Maryland pulled it back to about 9-8. to And then South Carolina hit the gas one more time in the fourth quarter. They just wear on you, dude, with that talent and size. Can, can Iowa withstand? It's one thing to see it, but it's one thing to go up against it. I got you. So can I, if was can counterpunch and stay in it for four quarters and keep it close for Caitlin Clark, of course they have an opportunity. That's, it's a tough task. I'm telling you, it's a tough task.
2: Yeah, it's gonna to be tough. But you know, the the good thing about this is is a win-win. You know, great to see a legacy continue by Don Staley in South Carolina, but also it'll be great to see a David versus Goliath with uh, Caitlin being the Superwoman that she is. I mean, she had 41 last week. She's gonna to have to have at least 60 points to even keep it close yeah and it's gotta be thirty in the first half, like she gotta start hot and finish hot um but no one's okay no one's greater right now than Enrique, who uh to oh, no. back championship shots I mean come on like that's that's yeah.
1: storybook yeah, absolutely, so we'll see All right I saw people in the chat talking about guards win in march Iowa has one. Don Staley has two freshman guards coming off the bench <laughs> that contribute 30 points off. Dude, y'all keep talking about South Carolina has everything. They can distribute everything amongst the team, eight nine D. Caitlin Clark has to carry the day, or else Iowa is dead. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Can she do it? Absolutely. But we're not about to sit up here and talk about south carolina like they don't have guards because caitlin can honestly have
2: 40 and they still lose by 20 points
1: heck yeah and that's just the because it's well, south don, south look, like that. don staley said it best when she met with the media yesterday she said we're going to take something away <laughs> that's what she said she said with something she, she said you can have 40 but you're not gonna have 10 assists no she said, "You can have ten assists, but you're not gonna have forty. But you're she not gonna said, have We're gonna, forty. We're gonna yeah. take something away."
2: She on her Bill Belichick in twenty what twenty oh eight. It is what it is. We we take away your best thing or whatever. You can
1: you can have something, but she ain't gonna have everything. Speaking of taking something away, Notre Dame lost some talent to the NFL in the NFL draft. Al Golden talked about replacing that talent.
3: with an
5: effort, um, so. Uh, you know, Coach Wash has been you know working like crazy around the clock. Whether it's getting them tips or making cutups for them, um, so they can do a lot virtually. You know, if they're in between classes, they can look at their iPad and know the you know see the notes and know what they need to do uh, the next time they get together. So, uh, and their effort on the field has been good. So we've been rolling guys through there. You know, we've been changing the depth a lot, rolling guys through there. We're not settling into anything at any position right now. Um, and, and Wash has done an awesome job with it.
1: So shout-out to Coach Washington getting some love from Al Golden on the job he's doing with developing these guys. I said it when Gabriel Rubio got better in the second half. You know, I gave a check to Al Washington for that. Like, okay, I saw someone literally get better throughout the season on the defensive line. We hope that Jason Anya and Tyson Ford follow suit. And, heck, we hope that guys like Riley Mills hasn't, kind of like just plateaued, and he can take another step. Howard Cross, he takes another step. And ultimately, the defensive line in totality become a pretty, I don't want to say dominant group, but a pretty productive group, a solid group week to week. Because as I said before, I'm sitting there at the pro day, and I'm saying to myself from a talent standpoint, the Dame's not losing a lot. They're losing Isaiah Foskey, but from a talent standpoint, nah. There has to be more athletic talent on this roster than they lost.
2: Yeah, we're definitely full of talent. I think that's that's not question. We're just seeing who is going to be the the X factor of the talent. Now you got guys like Coach Elston. Coach Elston has a nice track list of a lot of elite D linemen that were very productive at Notre Dame. Can you think of five off the top of your head? I'm sure, but those five that you think aren't number one, Will Andersons. So yeah. I think that Al Watson is in a similar situation. You're going to have a lot of talented D linemen, a lot that will go to the lead. Mm-hmm. I agree. But you, get, but you get guys like Khalid Kareem. That's a great player, but it's only, but it's not a Will Anderson. <laughs> it's not a Nolan Smith right. but Khalid Kareem's a third round pick so that's what makes us a top 5 program we'll give you a bunch of Khalids and Daylins and Romeos and and you can win games right but we're giving you a Jalen Carter mm-hmm. a Trayvon Walker you know a, <laughs> a first round you know D tackle maybe every once in blue moon right but those are the difference between us and the four programs that have been above us they've had d1 i mean i'm sorry first round pick d lineman. yeah consecutive years ohio state had it bama does it every year georgia does it every year clemson did it for a stretch hmm. so if you got first round top 10 pick D lineman you got a chance and a recipe that you gonna win the championship we have third, fourth round. You know, we're going to get guys. You know, Sheldon. Mm-hmm. Our first round guy was Jerry. But that was our first and only first round guy. Right. And maybe to It. But to It just retired, what, two years ago? So. Mm. But the second round, Too It was
1: second round. Dude. First of all, Michael Parks is talking, is chirping in the chat, trying to bring up what we love Georgia, and they lost to Alabama, I'm trying to compare that to South. Let me tell you something. <laughs> hey, man, y'all can love Caitlin Clark all y'all want to. I've watched the Big Ten bang on Iowa. I've watched <laughs> Ohio State bang Iowa in the regular season, and I've watched Indiana smack Iowa in the regular season. So if y'all want to compare Iowa to South Carolina, y'all go right ahead. Y'all fall in love with you know, Sports Center highlights. You know what I'm saying? South say, Carolina. Say South Carolina is just running the table on everybody. <laughs> right? They're running the table on everybody. What leads Sports Center? Caitlin Clark. Caitlin yeah. Clark. Okay. Let okay. her lead Sports Center. Okay. South Carolina have, just do their thing. She can have they just do their center. thing. Yeah, crazy stuff. Don't compare freshman guards. See, that's the problem. I'm not comparing freshman guards. I'm just saying that Don Staley has a bench. Iowa doesn't go Iowa check doesn't. the stats they don't they don't don't get mad at me they don't it is almost impossible because one person has to beat a team you yeah. have one great player that has to beat a great team and she's not LeBron so if you want to act it's like Alabama if you Detroit want to like Like Bryce Young walked up into the matchup against Georgia without two top wide receivers. And what happened when both of those wide receivers weren't there? Georgia smacked Alabama. Yeah. So if you want to compare games, this Iowa-South Carolina game is going to look more like the championship game when Georgia smacked Alabama. Because she's a one-person show. That's it.
2: That's
1: it. So I'm gonna tell you I, I, was was trying to no be nice. I was trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. Okay. I'm trying to be nice. Don Staley's not about the double team Caitlin Clark. They're she gonna do it in too. spots. They're she gonna switch they gonna switch defenders on her. They're gonna put about two or three people on her. They're Maybe. gonna let Caitlin Clark. They're gonna let Caitlin Clark do her thing. Do her thing. But the mother, the mother players, they are gonna be on lock. Because they've never seen defense like this in the Big Ten. I guarantee it. They're gonna be on lock. So unless Caitlin Clark, and don't let Caitlin Clark get in foul trouble. Oh, it's really over. It's over Cause, here. Because you do know Caitlin Clark has the guard on the other end. She can't float on this wait team. Wait a minute, because she, she plays the three. She can't float on this team. People forget this. She yeah. she plays the three. Yeah. South Carolina plays high low. And the person she's playing against is a big 6'4 person. <laughs> so have fun, yeah. have fun. Like I said, people don't watch. I watch women's basketball, bro. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. Caitlin Clark is a bad son of a gun. Is she in a, if the, I'm the GM of the Chicago Sky, I'm trying to figure out a way to draft <laughs> Caitlin Clark this year. It's not even a debate. That's who I want in the NBA draft if I'm the GM of the Chicago Sky I want Caitlin Clark next week is she more of a number 1 than Victor Wembanyama for the NBA no oh, Caitlin Clark is it's, is Victor Wembanyama is the number 1 guy I think I think Caitlin Clark I would put her a little bit behind Sabrina in that skew only because of the injury history only because of the injury history if she stays healthy, if she stays healthy, Caitlin Clark is a WNBA MVP. Oh. Waiting to happen. That's how much respect I have for her. Wow. In her game. But the, come on, man. She has to create shots for everybody else. Yeah. That's the problem. So you stay home and you let Caitlin Clark do her thing. Yeah, she like, can she she has it. Have-
3: Go
2: 75 ahead. points because nobody else is going to. She would have to have two other players have 20, and she would have to have like 50 or something. Something crazy. You know,
1: they're going to try to bring the bigs out. They'll bring Aaliyah Boston out. They'll bring the other bigs out. That's fine. That's what the, have been trying the to game do.
2: plan against South Carolina is everybody's game plan. It's not That's like you fine. going in there with nothing like different because you can't. It's like. The, the recipe's the recipe. You just don't have the players to
1: do it. See now people are begging. This is football. Individuals can win football games, basketball games, really. When was the last time? was the last time LeBron won without help? When's the last time Michael Jordan won without help? Please tell me. Since individuals win championships in basketball, tell me.
2: LeBron didn't start winning until he went to Miami, so.
1: Man, look. Y'all, y'all obviously don't watch basketball close enough, dude. Y'all, Caitlin Clark. You you said they don't watch it close enough. No, Caitlin Clark is not. If they win, it's not going to be because of Caitlin Clark. It's going to be because of two or three other people that shipped in and had great games. Absolutely. And even I know that. Like I said, I would take Caitlin Clark with the number one pick in the WNBA draft next week. Like it's a wrap. Bring it to Chicago right now. Yeah. She's an MVP waiting to happen. The problem all, is that all the, the I will, all I the want the the first round, all I want to the people to understand.
3: All I want people to
1: understand is that as easy as you watch her, put up that 40-point triple double, understand it's not gonna be that easy. It's not about to be that easy. But I do love the way she put that Louisville play in her place. I, I love that. She got extra points for me on that.
2: Yeah, that Louisville player is like a wanna be her, though. That's why.
1: See, like Roger Blackman said, Danny Manning, hey, sir, you need to go check the stats and see what Scooter Barry did at that game. Somebody that averaged one point a game, go look at his stats for that game. Mm. See, people do re- I ain't that dude, not basketball. Mm. You're not winning championships just for one person. You're going to need some people to play above and beyond with... When, dude when georgetown lost to villanova ed pickney had the game of his life dwayne mcclain had the game of his life you're not winning a game like that unless people play above themselves and it takes more than one person that's what marcus freeman
2: is hoping for
1: that's it (laughs) so it's going to take at least two players on iowa's roster to have great nights at least at least that's the only way it's happening. But I'll be back Monday. You can believe that. I'll be back on Monday. We can talk about it. Jordan Batteau, Al Golden. What's up? He's bigger, and stronger. Um,
5: you know, he's had a good off season. Um, again, uh, the biggest thing uh with with Jordan is just, you know, just do your job. Don't make it more than it is. Um, play with poise, play with discipline, uh stay within the structure and and, uh, and execute. That's he has
3: enough talent that if he does that, he'll make a lot of plays for
1: us. Man, you know what? I feel like we've been hearing about Jordan Batello was coming for like five seasons left. <laughs> he's one of those dudes that you—it feels like he's been in Notre Dame longer than he has. He got that Alize
2: Mac type of track. He's like, man, you just—you you supposed to be popping, and then you hear right. it, it, and everywhere I see you, I don't see you, I don't know where you at, right? You just just show up on Saturdays sometimes,
1: man. Man, look, let me tell you something. If he doesn't pop this year, I don't know if he'll ever pop at Notre Dame. But he definitely definitely should pop. He definitely should pop.
2: If he does all the right things, the the staff believes he can be a 9 to 10 sacks type of guy.
1: Yeah, Garen Newsom, that's a good call. Like, Ronnie Mills should definitely pop this year as well. Or else he's just kind of plateaued and just... And even if he's plateaued and he is Riley Mills, that's that's productive. That's productive play on the N.T. Yeah, Riley Mills, he's, that's, a, that's he's, a, he's a good player. player. He's not a great superstar. He's a good player. So a good player
2: gives,
3: <laughs> what,
1: five sacks maybe? Yeah. Oh, Lilo Galante, that's a good question. I would say yes right now, though. Is Caitlin Clark better than Maggie Secrets? Yeah, I would say yes right now. Hat. but then you got my girl coming back next year at Connecticut that's coming off that injury she's gonna be dope in the WNBA as well but Jordan Batello, bro is might be the 10 sacks waiting to happen that we need yeah because the group is gonna give you another 10
2: throughout the season yeah yeah, yeah. if he can get 10 solo I promise you we'll have around twenty-five, thirty sacks on the season. Yeah. And that's pretty that's pretty good because we had what 30 last well 35 last year?
1: As a team? As a team, yeah.
3: I think it was a surprise stat. Something like that. I'll have to check that out. Find it real quick right here left. For those of you that want me stats, TeamRankings.com. TeamRankings.com gives you really good stats. Right here left. Let's see. Yeah, you're right, left. Good call. Where was I at?
2: Was where was I at with it? You're right on. Thirty-five sacks last year. Okay.
1: That was a surprise. Turnovers, you know, that's a great point, Michael. Turnovers are more important. Sacks are one thing, but I would take an increase in turnovers over sacks. Not that I want sacks to just go away. But if you're telling me we can increase to getting an average in two turnovers per game with this (laughs) offense, that –
2: yeah, we get two turnovers game. I think we should convert that into an offense that should be around thirty five plus points a game. Because we should. That's convert. too
1: low. That's too low. No, we're not. We're not doing that this year. Remember, we're not low 35. ball for this offense. Thirty. That's low ball. 35, 38. We a minimum. We're starting oh, that's at thirty eight. Right. That's right. That's right. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum thirty eight you talking about getting two turnovers per game?
3: Yeah.
1: That's a minimum 10 points a game off turnovers. If you get two turnovers per game with this offense from what we expect, I think it's safe to say that you could get 10 points per game off turnovers. That should put you at about 38 points per game. I don't think that'll be difficult.
3: Yeah, I think, you know,
1: with
2: Sam looking like he's lighting it up in spring practice, uh, giving him the ball enough times closer to the end zone, which we've had opportunities for. We had it seven times in the red zone against Ohio State and came up with nothing. So to give an experienced guy seven opportunities in the red zone against the top five team, we're looking to cash.
1: You mean seven times on the Ohio State side of the field? Four times in the yeah, seven times in their territory. I think it was four times in the red zone, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, we're we we cash <clears up. throat>
1: We have to. Yeah. Yeah. So 38. 35 is low ball in this offense. Thirty-five, in my Tyler,
2: 38 with Sam. Because I don't think Tyler is passing at a level to where I would say – 38 points unless our defense is just like we said we get three turnovers a game or something crazy like that but
1: this see this is the crazy thing the names change and the coaches change the defensive coordinators change but the notre dame defense over the last seven years has pretty much given up the same amount of points The Notre Dame defense, names change. You lose people to the NFL. You lose great players. You lose Kyle Hamilton in the secondary. You don't know what the secondary is going to be like. Benjamin Morrison ends up popping. Like Notre Dame always ends up finding a way to hold teams below their scoring average every time they face someone. USC was the only team, I think, that equaled their scoring average last year. So defensively, Notre Dame finds a way to be serviceable or even more than serviceable from a defensive standpoint. That's right. Now you get the bump offensively and you start going up to 38 points per game. That takes pressure off of the Notre Dame defense. You know the amount of pressure that was on the Notre Dame defense last year? I'm talking about going into the game, in the locker room, getting taped up. The Notre Dame defense knew. Look, man. We cannot let these teams score 20 points. That's right. We're going to be in trouble. Yeah, that's crazy in college football. That's not a good feeling if your defense is in the locker room saying, look, we cannot allow 20 points. In today's college football? In 2012, what were they, we can't give up 10. Right. That was the mindset in 2012. <laughs> like 10 points is it. Right? Give up
3: more Here than we are
2: in tr- big
1: trouble. Yeah, here we are in
2: 2023. We give up 25, it's over. We might lose. Right.
1: But now the
2: team score more than two touchdowns first half, because then we really, really in trouble.
1: The Notre Dame defense has to feel like, yo, if we give up 24 points this year, we are good. We we winning by two touchdowns.
2: A team gotta score at least 32
1: to beat us. That's the way you have to feel right now. That's the way you have to feel right now. So, I like it. Uh-oh, we got our th- we got our third co-host in the building. I'm gonna call him. I'm gonna call him. That's that's the millionaire nil right there. That's the millionaire that's nil. That's the right millionaire there. nil right here. That's He's the millionaire a- nil right there.
3: I'm trying to get on his uh, – work on his editing and uh,
2: producing in the background. You know, he got to work on his, his lighting, stage presence and stuff.
1: You talked about Al Golden's second year, what it might look like. He talked about it as well with the media. Here's what he had to say, love.
5: This offseason was to look at the opponents first and then plan, then chart the course. Last year, you know, I probably had – I don't know. It was probably two working weeks, you know, um, with a spring break. So, three total – from the time I landed here to uh, to spring football, so it was it was really challenging. Um, so for me, I learned a lot uh, just by quality control myself. What what defenses we need? Uh, what what didn't we call that maybe we practiced? What do we need more of? Uh, what showed up in the game plans consistently throughout the year? Um, so I, and, and obviously I watched some of the opponents ahead of time, so um, have a real good grasp of what we need, what we don't need, and just trying to keep it as tight as we can from a package standpoint?
1: Yo, you know what? What he said at the end is the best thing. I found out what we need, and I found out what we don't need. And as long as he found out that that blitz from the safety 20 yards away is something we don't need, <laughs> I'm all for it. He can throw it out. Throw it out.
3: We it's don't least, need
2: it. It's the, the, way you, the way you fix the problem is identifying it. It seems like we've, we've gotten that. I think we could have told him that week one and could have got a lot farther, a lot faster.
1: Man. But explain that, left. He's pointed out, you know, last year, short time, I really didn't get a chance to come in, but I had more time in the offseason to really, really dig deep into our opponents and prepare for our opponents week to week.
2: Yeah, I think once, uh, especially a defensive coordinator coming from the NFL, you you your game planning based on your uh, the amount of vo- or volume of film you have on the other team. Your first year doing it, playing a schedule is kind of up in the air. You're not getting a real read on teams because you're looking at how they're playing. Other teams you want to get to see what your team looks like playing against your formations and the stuff that you're doing. Uh, you know, NFL, you playing those guys twice a year. You're seeing the same kind of you know, players every year, so it's a it's it's a lot harder and a lot easier to game plan because you know tendencies a lot more. When you're playing a college football schedule, man, you <laughs> especially if you're not playing the same teams like Notre Dame is every year, you're you're way more on the fly. You have to rely a lot more on uh, coaching yeah. on on a player's perspective. But you know when you're in the NFL, you you got a stack of library on teams and defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators and what teams like to do and players that have been there for 10 plus years. So uh, this is more of a run and shoot when you're, when you're preparing for a college football game, especially as an independent. Now, if we was in the ACC, I'm sure Dabo Sweeney has tons of North Carolina film to look at, <laughs> even if right. Drake May is there.
1: Right. 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 You know, right. You know, I don't care if Drake right. May
2: is there. I got North Carolina library.
1: Just library, yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. Cook to the coach. yeah, you know, I can yeah. get prepared,
2: you know, but without going, he's like, man, at least I got two years of looking at SC. I have a better chance, yeah. <laughs> and if for a guy like that, and just looking for another year to stack information, I think that's gonna make it better for him calling plays next year.
1: And as Notre Dame continues to expand the analyst staff, more information, the better information you can get to your coaches, the better things can flow and the better they can prepare for the opponents. So shout out to Notre Dame, investing in that and adding to the analysts on the Notre Dame staff. Left, we leave with great news. We've been talking women's basketball. Some great news possibly, and this tweet comes from my guy, LeVon Whitaker, who, by the way, is going to join us on Friday. Right? We thought it was originally Thursday, We thought that Michael Shrewsbury's press conference would be today. That's originally what we were told. It is moved to Thursday at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern. His introductory press conference will be tomorrow. But this coming from LaVon Whitaker on Twitter, Washington High and South Bend native Mila Reynolds, who I just watched, she just played against South Carolina with Maryland. She can shoot it. She can dribble. She is entering the transfer portal. And most people think that she's headed to South Bend to join the fighting Irish. So, you know, they get deeper, more depth. That's great news. Once again, South Bend native and Washington High School grad Mila Reynolds, who just went to the Elite Eight with Maryland, is entering the transfer portal. And it looks like she might be joining the uh, Ivy and the Fighting Irish. That's great news for Coach Ivy and the women's basketball program. Recruiting right? coming yeah. up. You have to do it via the portal and recruiting. Who did, really. did we lose
2: to again in the tournament?
1: They lost to Maryland.
2: Yeah, Maryland, yeah,
1: right. They lost to Maryland, which I'm cool with because I would have not wanted to watch them against South Carolina. So <clears throat> under, we had I mean,
2: we, we a couple years away for real. Not honestly. without
1: no, it was just like it would not have been fair because Notre Dame struggled in the paint this year, and you take Olivia Miles away from that game. Basically, your best two players are injured. That you know, it would have been a great experience for Centron and the rest of the rest of the squad. But you know, Maryland was just too much. Maryland was too much, and Maryland deserved to move ahead and play South Carolina. So who was that? I'm sorry, John Monty. Oh, John, I'm sorry to hear that, man, and I speak that divine healing finds you wherever you are, and whatever issue it is, you know, we speak that it comes into correction. And your body operates as it was meant to operate. And we pray that for you right now, John. And we'll continue to pray that for you. You stay strong and you continue to believe and continue to listen to your doctors as well. Continue to listen to your doctors and choose to be happy, man. The best is yet to come for you, John. Absolutely. The best is yet to come. Uh, Oh, we have these questions we had to get to. These comments, uh, super chat from my guy Truman Theodore Dumel. He says Notre Dame football is on the cusp of greatness, Sean. As a recruiting guru, what will make us a program that can't be ignored and feared?
3: Winning solves all, I think,
1: dude. We've said this, right? If Notre Dame wins, college football is in trouble, yeah, Marcus like, Freeman. Us, just you and. Know, and But from a recruiting standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint, I think we both agree, left Defensive line and quarterback. That's it. Defensive line and quarterback. That's, That's it.
2: That's it. Give us a give us a Nolan Smith.
1: Yeah. Defensive line and quarterback. Notre Dame takes that step in recruiting. Watch out. Frank McCatry says Iowa versus South Carolina's must see TV flat out heavyweight title fight. Totally agree. Totally agree. I got a question of the day. This is the type of game, in my opinion, that shines a spotlight that needs to be shined every year on women's college back. I mean, everybody's not like me, Left. I'm sorry. I sit up I late that. at night. I watch the Old Miss Stanford game in the tournament when Old Miss walked into uh, Maples and mm. sent Stanford home as a number one seed. You mm. know, I watch Old Miss lose the very next game. Like, I watch. College basketball, you know, I watched the uh sec women's tournament, I watched the big 10 tournament when Iowa, you know, ended up pulling off the upset over Indiana. Like, I man, I love basketball, I'm man, I'll go watch some grammar school kids around the corner. Okay, I just love basketball, I just do. Coach Vic says, What do you think about oh, Anthony Knapp, offensive lineman? Visiting Notre Dame this past weekend, he'll be making his decision later on today at 5 p.m. Eastern, I believe, and I believe that's going to be carried over an Irish breakdown. Uh, I'll be uh, co-host, well, I'll be co-hosting or joining Brian Driscoll for that announcement. And um, I actually like him, and I know this is someone that you know a lot of people. And I said this before, you know Notre Dame in the offensive line in 2024, can afford to be picky. He's been good. Can can afford to be picky, Left. What I mean by that, they have so much depth in the offensive line that they can really pick and choose. They have Peter Jones. They can wait on Gerby Lambert. They have Caleb Brewer coming to campus this weekend. So they have big-time guys that they have to wait on a little bit longer. That they can get so they can afford to fall in love with a kid you know if they've seen him at camp or they like his film he might not necessarily be ranked according to the stars and rankings where most people would like dude the talent they have and the depth they have in that room they can afford to go get a kid that they believe in right and if this kid is someone they believed in uh, the visit went great and, I, you know, I think Notre Dame fans later on this evening, it's a great possibility that Notre Dame fans will be celebrating. That's right. Possibly adding to the twenty-four class. So yeah. I hope that helped you out, Coach Big. Joe Medina, my only concern with Sam is that at Wake, he didn't consistently get the ball to the players in stride one of the reasons he had a bad draft grade. If he fixes that, I think this team can be special. Talk about that, left, because based upon what we've seen, we've seen a bunch of throws down the sideline. We've seen back shoulder throws and deep passes completed from Sam Hartman. This goes to Joe Medina's point. How important is it going to be for Notre Dame to attack the middle of the field as well?
2: Yeah, well, I don't think it's gonna change for Sam's evaluation a year to have a stronger arm. I think with better talent, he'll be able to have a chance to uh, have better anticipation. You know, Tommy never had a strong arm, and his anticipation was his best gift, which, you know, got him a chance in camp. And Sam wasn't a bona fide number one pick anyway, so him to have an opportunity to look better in a system that's better suited for him, I think we'll see the balls going down the foot at the right time. But for what he can handle, I don't think we're going to ask him to Patrick Mahomes' his way uh, down the field because we have a running game. So, you know, if he can throw a 40 yards down the field and lead him in stride, we're good with that because we couldn't do that before.
1: I agree with that. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Great show today, Left. So we spend it different, dude. We do shows right. offices, <laughs> living rooms, cars on the road. Man, nobody, man, look, let me tell you something when i tell you we bring it different and we spend it different that's what we do the last one i'm trying to
2: get on the plane next time Be on the...
1: now that'll be dope on, on the runway that'll be dope, to... that'll be dope. <laughs> left we have a tremendous and humongous announcement coming up tomorrow on the show that's right at the start of the show you guys be here big time news for the show big time news for the community of south bend and we're just appreciative to be part of it. Don't miss it's it at all. the start of tomorrow's show. We'll have a special guest. We'll make that announcement, and then we'll continue to give you the best there is in Notre Dame and college football conversation. Heck, women's college basketball, men's college basketball. Heck, do it all. I, I might mm-hmm. have Steve. We might have Steven Bardo on tomorrow to preview the Final Four. That's how we do it. That's,
4: That's how, how we do, we do it. it.
1: We spend right. it different. You know what time it is, left. Petty Junction Petty story of the day brought to you by Nora Whiskey at That premium American whiskey at yeah. Left. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, man. The the internet is, is undefeated, bro. Yes. <laughs> did you see the troll that someone did? On LeBron James, bro. Now, I Which usually, one? Which I, one? I'm usually, I'm usually uh, you know, I usually love picking on LeBron. But I saw this and I said to myself, this is one of the pettiest things I've ever saw. But the internet is undefeated as always, bro. It's undefeated. And I just had to show this. I said, Left has to see this.
4: And the Oscar goes to LeBron James. This is the first Oscar. (laughs)
1: Let me tell you something. That right there, whoever did that, I don't know who put that together, but that was creative, wonderfully done. Hey man, look that Capron
3: does a lot of acting on the course.
1: He does a lot of acting on the court. So whoever put that together, man, kudos to you. You did a great job of editing and everything. It looked authentic. It looked like he was at the Oscars.
2: The internet has way too much time on their hands to tell you that, too.
1: <laughs> Look like a real Oscar award. <laughs> Doma Wap said, play it again. Oh, man. Let me see if I can share it one more time so everyone can see it. That probably missed it or came in on the middle of it. I thought it was fantastic. Once again, someone trolling LeBron James for the many ways that he acts on the basketball court. Put together this entire feature of LeBron James winning the Oscar. And this is uh, our
2: biggest flop.
1: <laughs> you no. Know, the, the fact that Dylan Brooks is the other person in the clip with him is like, but the supporting
2: right? actor. <laughs>
1: exactly. The supporting Big, actor. For the one that most hated. <laughs>
4: And the Oscar goes to LeBron James.
3: This is the first Oscar and
4: sixth nomination for
3: LeBron James.
1: Jay-Z giving him no one. Right. (laughs) Denzel clapping for him. Giannis is like, wow. (laughs)
3: The weekend.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He deserves all
1: of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That that D. Way reaction was the best though. <laughs> a true reaction of LeBron ever won an Oscar. Well, man, look, great show, everyone. Hope you have an incredible hump day. Enjoy the rest of this last season of Snowfall. This is the first episode without Unc. So it's gonna be tough to watch, but we'll find a way. The soldier through have a great wednesday we'll see you guys tomorrow with a big announcement we'll hear from the linebackers at notre dame one of the groups we think are about to become fast rising stars on this team That's also right. wait a minute we forgot you were supposed to give the faces of notre dame football the mount rushmore for this season give me the four faces of notre dame football
3: this year
2: this season going all your guests to make. Cam Hart. Josh Lug. I mean, not Josh Lug. Uh, Joel. And then we throw Marcus Freeman on
1: there. Okay. Okay. I'll go Sam Hartman. Jalen You Sneed. can't
2: throw Sam Hartman in there. He just got there.
1: Now you decide who I want to put on my mouth. when I'll <laughs> uh, just play it. I'm going to go Sam Hartman. Jaylen Sneed, Benjamin Morrison, and I'm going to go Joe Alt. I'll go Joe Alt with you. Joe Alt, yep. Yeah. Those are my four faces. i go to <laughs> that wall under Mount my, my Rushmore. Have a great day. We appreciate you guys. Don't forget, Apple Podcasts and Spotify drops at 3 o'clock every day. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Have a great day, but most of all, make sure that you spin it.